ACAST. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices. For the win! Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement. Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's a great pleasure that I have the opportunity to present special guest, Nate Rifkin. Nate has prospered by combining ancient mystical practices with modern strategies for living. He used to be suicidal and drank alcohol in the morning to get through the day. Nate dropped out of college, went broke, filed bankruptcy, and even worked on street corners waving around a sign in a, to afford rent and food. But he managed to turn his life around in major ways, find love, and now he has an incredible life. His secret? A practice from the spiritual tradition of Taoism. Nate has published a book on this ancient practice called The Standing Meditation. As a spiritual explorer, he dedicates himself to the Taoist mystical tradition. As a leader in the field of business, he has been writing marketing campaigns that have generated tens of millions of dollars in sales. Nate lives in Golden, Colorado with his lovely wife, and he has his publications of his articles and his information about his book and everything else is available on his website at www.naterifkin.com, as well as www.thestandingmeditation.com. It's with great pleasure I welcome Nate to the show. Welcome to the show, Nate. Oh, thank you, Jason. It's an honor to be here. Such an honor to have you. I, I was very intrigued when I first saw your title of your book, The Standing Meditation. For me personally, I've been meditating a lot the last 15 years or so, and I tell people that I can meditate in traffic. I can meditate when I'm walking. I can meditate even when I'm engaging in a conversation with someone, for me at least. Um, sometimes on occasion, when, I'm, when I say engage in a conversation, I should more so say if I'm driving the car with somebody and they're driving, I'll meditate. If there are certain moments that I can do that, it just helps me stay in touch with myself and my spiritual side. And I wanted to ask you, how did you get into standing meditation and what has it done for you? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, I discovered it kind of accidentally. Um, and, you know, let me know how much detail you want me to dive into. But it was that it was actually at a very, very low point in my life where um, um, I was really fed up with a lot of the self-help stuff I'd been trying. Um, and at that time, I was actually drinking alcohol every morning. Um, I was in my like mid 20s. And I was living in Boulder, Colorado, uh, alone in um, a little condo I rented. And I was just absolutely miserable. Um, I was suicidal. And I was going into debt. Um, this was before I went bankrupt, but I was on my way, just like maxing out credit cards left and right. And I had a mentor at the time who was teaching um, 
me and a lot of his other students like marketing and advertising because um, we were all trying to grow our own businesses. And he was a practitioner of Taoist meditation. And I had no idea what Taoism was. Not really. I, I mean, I'd heard of it. Like, I'd Yeah, you hear about it, but. Right, right. No, I'm glad you brought that up because it's kind of funny. Even if someone does like no, even if someone doesn't know that they know about Taoism, we've all kind of heard of it. Like the quote, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. That's a Taoist quote. I wrote that down actually as one of, the, one of my notes here because I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. That's exactly what the journey yeah, is right there. I read the oh, There you go. Look at that. Because I had to write it down because I was like, yeah, that I that resonates tremendously with me. So when yeah. I saw that, you're speaking my language. <laughs> cool. And I did. Yeah, I didn't know that. But it, it, that comes from the book, The Tao Te Ching, um, which is like a tome for Taoism. Um, so what the cool, the cool thing is, though, in addition to the Taoist philosophy, the Taoists had um, pr- practical down-to-earth step-by-step practices that they engaged in. Now, Taoism is all about um, seeking harmony through balance. So this could be harmony with your health, your community, your spiritual walk, um, all it, basically every aspect of our existence. So they had specific step-by-step practices that would help you with this. So, But anyway, back to how I discovered it was, uh, my mentor at the time started to teach these meditations. And I would, you know, he he would tell us all about like, you know, Taoist mystics would become tremendously sensitive to energy. They'd meditate in caves or on, on tops of mountains. And I'm like, this sounds cool. I mean, it did. It just sounded really cool. I'm just like, you know, it, it made... It would make me feel special if I started practicing this stuff, which is which is a great way to kind of get me into it. Um, so he taught a standing meditation, and and we can talk about exactly how to do it and, and go through a yeah, little bit of the sure. show. Absolutely, uh, but but just to tell the story first, what happens is, uh, or what happened was, I learned the standing meditation. I'm like, okay, here's what I'll do. I will practice it, and I'll start with like a minute a day. That's all I started with. And I'll add time every day. So just to set the stage, though, this was at a point in my life where I was drinking alcohol every morning. And I was I was really sad. I was in a really, really rough spot. So I started doing this meditation and I started to get a buzz. I started, it was nothing like earth shattering, but at the same time, it kind of was because <laughs> nothing else in my life was working out for me. And this was. So I was like, all right, I feel kind of I feel pretty good doing this. So I do it in the morning. I'd shower, do the meditation. I'd feel pretty good. And I'd still go drink. I would still pour in the vodka into my glass and the energy drink, mix it. And that was my breakfast. I didn't. I, I didn't. saw that. I was like, that's an interesting drink. <laughs> it worked. Well, it, quote, I'm using air quotes. It worked. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I needed something that both would, you know, pet me up and also uh, kind of give me a, a buzz. And that did it here's but jason here's what was cool as the days went on the buzz from my meditating got more and more profound and then i would i would i was still drinking but here's what happened was the buzz from my meditations started to catch up to what i would feel from drinking alcohol in the morning and one day it got good enough that i took a drink and i felt I didn't feel any better. I just felt more drunk because I already felt so good for meditating. And I'm like, what's going to happen as time goes on if this trend continues? Well, just like two days later, a day or two later, I'm meditating. I I stop. And at this point, I'm doing like eight to 10 minutes and I'm feeling pretty good. I go to drink the alcohol. It made me feel worse. Because it alcohol would only make me buzz so much. And when the meditating exceeded that, the drinking just brought me back to that same level it always did. And for me at that point, it felt worse. So this is just, it's just my story. This is just what happened to me. I'm not oh, saying this wow. is like a, yeah, a guaranteed. Hey, I'm or, interested in your story because yeah. it, it's a, it's a unique story to hear. So oh, that's cool. Very notable. So I actually stopped drinking that vodka drink in the morning. Um, and it was, it wasn't like willpower. It was just, I didn't feel as good doing it. So I just, I just stopped doing that. So this, this was like the beginning of my turnaround because I'm like, 
this is the first thing I've done out of all this other self-help stuff I'd ever done that actually like really brought me results. Um, so it, it, a couple of months later, I had an experience where I got up to do this and it was around midnight because it, it, I was having so much fun with this meditating that I didn't just do it in the morning. I did it in the evening too. So I got up, I started doing it and I started feeling like I was glowing like this, like, like a light bulb. Yeah. You're beaming bright. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was like looking around. I was like, Did anyone see this like out my condo window or something? <laughs> so, and I started like in my eyes, I would close my eyes and it was almost like in my imagination, I wasn't trying to, but I could see myself glowing. Um, and I just felt so good. I remember after, I don't know how much time went by, probably a few minutes. I sat down on my uh, futon in my condo and I'm like, this is, this is amazing. This is more for me than anything else in life. I'm going to dedicate my life to this. So um, that was about 14 years ago. And now the thing is, I still had a lot of outward challenges that I had to like resolve and overcome, but that was, I, I really did. I, I stayed uh, true to my word. And I have and, to ask you Sure, sure. This was when you're in your twenties. Yeah. I was, Well, that's, that's a yeah. really significant period of time to have this kind of a aha yeah. moment, right? An epiphany. It's like, it sounds amazing that you were able to do that because most people in their twenties, at least I remember when I was in my twenties, I, I didn't know heads up from, you know, anything else. And I was just in law school at the time. I wasn't even like ready to be where I am now in life where we just have that, you know, appreciation of where we are, mindfulness, present moment, all that. Hearing your story is very intriguing to me because one of the things I love to do about my, my podcast is introduce our audience to different healing modalities. And meditation is absolutely a healing modality. I invest heavily in it. I do it all the time. I, I, I can't begin to tell you how exciting it is to hear that you can present this personal story yourself and then share it with our audience as something unique under Taoism. Uh, one of the things I wanted to look, one thing that about your book that I was looking at, you, when you did talk about the journey is worth a thousand steps begins with one, you talked about the different pace of those. You talked about sprinting versus marching versus crawling and being still. And I wanted to ask you, what's your impression of that with the different momentums that of, upon which we can all move ourselves, right? To go in that right direction of either picking up this as a healing modality or putting our life on a certain trajectory we want to be on. What's your, what's your take on that? Well, that's a great question. And the thing is, what I learned over time that is that in a lot of ways, the pace of like your life, the sprinting, the crawling along, the standing still, a lot of that is actually an illusion. So here's, here's what I mean by that. Someone can be under the impression that they are sprinting along in life, but what's really going on is that they're, they're behaving in a frantic way because they're engaging in activity rather than productivity. Um, and not only that, you can look at someone who has a life where they're sprinting forward really quickly, you know, outwardly, they're working hard, they're excelling in their career, and you might become jealous of them because you might think you're only crawling along in life. But in reality, um, they might be in a rougher spot than you are. And I'm using the royal you here. It can yeah, be yeah. One. I understand. Um, yeah. Now, that's not always the case. Someone could be sprinting along. It's actually doing fantastic in life. Um, and they're, they're actually on their path and they're doing, they're doing wonderful work and they're growing and developing at a rapid pace. I'm saying it's not always the case. Now, so, so there's sprinting along in life. There's crawling along in life. Now, let's talk about being still in life. A lot of people might be at, at, at a still point where they think I'm stuck. Or they might think, you know, I, I haven't really changed at all. Or they might think, you know, I'm really, I don't know what to do with my life. And what's going on is that they're actually developing within the stillness. They're at a necessary still point in life for uh, growth to take place that's beneath their conscious awareness so that they can start moving forward. And here's the thing. It's important to know that judging where the pace at which you're going can oftentimes be uh, uh, judging an illusion. It's important to know this because if we start feeling bad because we think we're not going anywhere right now, we're sabotaging the, the inner growth. And if we think, oh, you know, I, this is terrible. I'm just crawling along in life when I really, I'd rather be sailing forth at a much faster, a faster pace. We might sabotage the breakthrough that we need to start going quicker. So 
I think it's important to realize, to recognize that there is a healthy way to move or not move in life. Um, and it's nothing to do with the speed. It is everything to do if you are um, consciously aware of what you need in this moment. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, it did. You know, I had, as you were t- talking just now, I was just thinking of something else too. When you were in your low moments and then you, you went through your, your paradigm shift, as I'll call it. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of my favorite words, by the way, paradigm I shift. It. I love it too. I've been using that for many years. But I feel like under the surface, you discovered spirituality on a deeper level that it alerted you to things more significant than ourselves. And I, I just feel like you had that kind of a realization. I wanted to see if you could share like your personal experience with that as you discovered the power of meditating, but also being one and present-minded. And, and, and it's all about spirituality when you think about it, when you meditate, you're connecting to our higher power within ourselves and the higher power with the universe and you're aligning yourself. That's really what it is, like harmonizing yourself to the universe, right? That's, that's my impression. And I want to ask you, what was it like for you when you started doing that? As you, as you said, you start off in the mornings and you started just noticing the buzz picked up better for you with the meditation. It, it, it helped you to see that alcohol wasn't your alternative healing modality. That wasn't very healing for you. And you incorporated something extremely powerful and, and, and just so amazing. I want to ask you if you can share that with our audience a little full of, in terms of the level of spirituality that you increased in your life and how it impacted your outlook. Yeah, absolutely. And so the thing was about how I sort of discovered it was I was, it was, the steps were revealed to me kind of later on. What I mean by that is I was going through a lot and I didn't even get it. I didn't even realize it. I didn't have language for it. So at first I felt a buzz. What was going on is that for the first time in my life, I was relieving that spiritual longing I had and connecting to a higher power. My language for that was that I was feeling a pleasant buzz, but more profound changes were going on. And as time went on, as the weeks went on, people started to comment to me that I was looking more confident or I was looking, um, I was looking happier. And that to me was a huge, cause I, I mean, I still have that like really rational, like, you know, show to me, prove it to be mind. So that to me was a big, big signal because people would make those comments to me and they didn't know what I was up to. I didn't necessarily tell them about these changes. So I realized it's not just um, a mental thing that's going on. There are very real Spiritual. practical. Yeah. There and there and there and are real effects. No one understands that because they don't think yeah. of it as spiritual. They're only gonna put, you know, doctors will put medical terms on it or physical terms on it. Spiritual yeah. people will put spiritual terms on it. But to try to do it in the middle where you could say it could be a little of this and a little of that, that's that's a unique thing because spirituality is more pronounced in our lives than we even can credit it. You and I, and we're both spiritual people. You're spiritual. Talking about meditation on podcasts. You're on a spiritual podcast right now, and you're very spiritual indeed, I can tell. And well, I, I can tell in your energy, you're very balanced, and you're very practical, like you said. You're also someone very interested in wanting to spread your message of what this did positively for you. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm, you know, I'm thrilled you brought that up because that's actually, uh, it's, it's, I kind of have a, a bone to pick with, like, teachings where it's just like, you know, meditation. All it really is, even the phrase, it's like, all it really is, is <laughs> just clearing you know, your mind. Yeah, I'm just like, and the reason is, I mean, I'm glad it's getting that meditation is is has become so mainstream because ultimately I think it is a great thing. The trouble is a lot of people, when they hear that message where it's like, oh, you know, it's just quieting your mind or it's just focusing or it's just relieving stress, that shuts a lot of doors to people who would otherwise have profound changes. And I know this because when I was in my 20s, before I started really diving deep into Taoism, I, I tried a little bit of meditation. I dabbled in meditation here and there, and I did not get the profound benefits because I thought, oh, it's just quieting your mind or it's just relaxing. And I'd, <laughs> I'd try, and then 15 minutes later, I'd be like, I want my 15 minutes back. Because <laughs> I did, you know, I because the doors were closed. So yeah, I'm really, I'm really glad you brought that up. There's so much more to it. We are working at a deep level with our body's energy, and we are we are connecting to a higher power. And it is so so worth it. And, and we need to know that. Interesting point. We're sitting here talking right now. You're in Colorado and I'm in Tampa, right? Mm-hmm. What's powering everything? It's all around us. It's behind me. It's on the screen. It's energy. Yeah. 
We've just used energy as a power source to create these technological advances in our modern you know, digital age, but energy has been around since day one. It, it was in the big bang. And my impression as a psychic, at least my spiritual side there tells me that that's how we stay in touch with our loved ones on the other side when they cross over because everything's met as energy. So love's a form of energy that connects us to each other, at least it's my impression. So if we can do all that, understand energies all around us, then how come uh, members of my audience, I'm, I think they're more in tune, but the general public has a hard time accepting spirituality as a real thing, a concrete thing. You know, um, I think at this point in time, because, it, we're, you know, people are constantly evolving and, and we're, I think we're going in a great direction. But at this point in time, um, most people are very, very emotionally shut down. And because of the trauma they've experienced at a young age, and this could be this could go all kinds of uh, uh this could land anywhere on the the scale of extremity in terms of the, uh, the trauma. It could be a severely abusive pants, or it could just be being born into this world, this time and space reality. We all go through trauma. The trauma will often trigger a coping mechanism where people become very, very insensitive to this energy. They shut they shut down to it. It's the way I like to describe it is kind of like uh, when you get a cut or a burn and you develop scar tissue. Oh, yeah. Scar tissue is useful. It has a use. It's tough. It pro it protects you. The downside of scar tissue is that it also is extremely insensitive. So you're not going to have the same sensitivity on calluses on your hand that you might on, say, your face or another more right. sensitive part of your body. People are like this energetically. I was. I was absolutely like this. Um, and it, it has a use. It, it's it so foreign to me, though. It's just, I have to tell you, when I encounter people that are closed off spiritually, I, yeah. like, I, I maybe because I'm super intuitive. So for me, it's like, how do you not understand that? Like, how do you not get that other person? Like, I don't know. It's just so hard for me because I delve into the, like, I guess I connect well with people when I read them spiritually and stuff. And I, I, for me, it's like, well, how are you devoid of any spirituality in yourself? Or not devoid, but how are you cut off from it? Because if you received it, it's such a beautiful gift to have and enjoy every day. It's such a beautiful thing that you can nurture yourself with. And when, it, when everything comes down to it at the end, we need to nurture and self-care and self-love ourselves. And I believe spirituality is one ingredient necessary for any of that stuff to occur, as well as like letting go and surrendering. I know that you are well-versed in that and, and, and being able to kind of, like you said, evolve. I also think about spiritual awakenings, right? Mm -hmm. Um, that's something that I'm sure you've heard about before if you haven't experienced it personally, because I feel like you've experienced it personally as well as I have. And when you get activated spiritually and your understanding of things and you see the world from a larger point of view, and what I mean by that is like from taking a step back and going high up to see it, but you kind of understand, you might understand what I'm saying here. Yeah, I, yeah. I just think that it, 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 we should try to help people who don't understand spirituality. And that's why I think your book's really important with is breaking down Taoism in such a way to make it, um, you know, turn the page, read about it. Here it is. Right. Yeah. It's, right? it's just like layman, layman's terms. And, and, and I say that respectfully because I'm a, a lay person because that's how I came into it. So it's just like, I need to, I need to turn around to be able to be like, Hey, Hey, wait a minute. Here's how, here's how it all works. Let me ask you this. What's the favorite part? What's the, what was the best part of this process for writing this book and getting out there and putting your, your, your you know, putting your voice out there? What did you find most gratifying about it? Oh, that's a really great question. Um, <laughs> probably when I started showing initial drafts of my book to people and um, getting the feedback where people saying, oh, yeah, okay, I got it. I understand how this works now. Because that was, that was, that was really big for me because so much of mysticism and spiritual development out there is so esoteric and it's it's described in, in this way even i'm just like wait what <laughs> <laughs> so and it's just like and it doesn't have to be that way um it's like this it's like it's available for the masses but only very few people can actually get it and understand it right and you have to study under that person and really you're, you're you're kind of creating more availability through your book yeah at least the Taoism i'm talking about yeah, it's just like actually it reminds me of a quote that my teachers like to say. They they like to say it's like, hey, you know, no no more secrets, just hard work. Um, you know, it's like it's it's here, it's it's available to you. You still have to grow, but it's we're not it's not gonna be shrouded from you now, you know. So and I, I think we're I think we're ready. 
I think we're becoming, uh, most oh. people are becoming more ready for that. We're in a spiritual renaissance right now. Yeah. It's you know, I know that we're talking to each other. <laughs> I know, right? right? It's, Who it's would be cool. interested in my show or talking to you? And, and if we didn't have a spiritual renaissance post COVID yeah. pandemic, right? Um, I want to ask you about that. With the pandemic itself, how do you think society may have been changed now in the sense of moving in the direction of accepting greater acceptance of spirituality and meditation and Taoism or, you know, all these concepts? I, um, you know, I can, only, I can only give you my opinion on it so far, but he, but he asked for it, so here it is. I think especially the, the, the worldwide lockdowns mm-hmm. on a, a macro level, what is that doing? That is uh, forcing people who, who need to be forced to be with themselves. It's, it's <laughs> solitude. In all spiritual walks, there is a, a, a necessity for solitude. And it's not, and it and it could be very, very painful because how often do we shut everything off in our face to look at ourselves? So I think uh, on a global level, what was going on is we were all being forced through that period of solitude and being faced with ourselves, and also being faced with a situation where the excuse of not having time to really grow and work on ourselves was yanked away. <laughs> yeah. So, some people might, and that, and that wasn't true for everyone, because there, certainly there are some people who were busy as doctors that were, yeah, they had, they actually, and they have a different walk. That's why they just have a different path. Um, but what's going to happen going forward is now it's like that the excuse has been stripped away. And I think we're the pedals being slammed even further on the metal in terms of like this, we're moving forward. Um, and it, it is now more necessary than ever to have personal responsibility for your own spiritual development because it's it's kind of like crapper we're in crapper get off the pot mode in terms of spirituality um if we right you're right if we're not spiritual now when the heck will we be right like when you're dealing with a global pandemic and and locked away and having to you know hibernate internally and, and, and avoid this pestilence that's undetectable with the naked eye. I mean, it really erodes every part of your mindset. And, and that's why societies have really struggled with all this, with the pandemic too. And I think one thing that's beneficial for your approach with standing meditation is taking the world and simplifying it while you do your standing meditation practice. Is that a good way of summarizing? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, because um, simplicity is again we talk about solitude being part of the spiritual walk so is simplicity it's stripping away the dross from the gold that's an act of simplification it's it's burning away all the unnecessary elements um now that's it's painful but it is it but it is uh it is a he- ultimately healthy act it, and talk about seeing harmony through balance harmony requires simplicity um, simplicity when dealing, you know, with, with your, uh, with your loved ones or simplicity when it comes to approaching how you want to grow and develop yourself. Um, because I think complexity creates fragility. Um, and if, if you create too much fragility in your life, that's, that's when people run into like catastrophic problems. It's, it's when they go through breakdowns, um, because they, instead of developing a, a robust and anti-fragile life, they got lost in complexity, which created fragility. <laughs> well, speaking of which, I mean, 2008 was a great example of fragility. It was fragility in our economy and the housing market. Sure. So, so that's, student loan, that's the next thing they think might be the tipping point, right? Student loan debt crisis. Yeah, absolutely. Because here you've got student loans. They're not just, I know a thing or two about bankruptcy personally. Student loans are not dischargeable in bankruptcy. Talk about creating a screaming, unless, screaming imbalance and issue. I know this will be a political discussion for one second, unless they change the law to make it allowable following everything that's happened. But who the heck knows? I mean, that would be society having to reorganize itself. I mean, with that massive amount of debt. But hey, right. who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't even know what's happening right now with that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't have any student loans, so I don't I don't have a, like a dog in the race. So I just don't yeah. know. But yeah. but I do know a thing or two about bankruptcy. I went through it. And yeah, when I when I studied the law of it and saw what was not dischargeable, I'm like, hmm, see that. Yeah, that points to creating of a, a very precarious system. Absolutely. I want to ask you this. You talk about letting go. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you about that, because 
the art of letting go is probably for me, at least I learned this, this is my pandemic um, moment, right? I would like to say PSA or something, public service announcement. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm saying that right now. That's what I feel like. But I have to share this with you. When I went through the pandemic, I came from a single parent family. I never had a relationship with my dad, never talked to him. We, we, he died seven years ago, eight years ago. During the pandemic, he kept coming to me in dreams and asking me to forgive him. And I was very reluctant at first. But then I'm forced to sit on the same, you know, sit in the same house all the time. Mm. And I sat with myself and I was like, I, I broke it down and I started to let go. I let go of all that negativity. I let go of all those bad memories and all that, you know, whatever. And now I have an amazing feelings towards my dad. And for me, that is at least my personal experience of letting go. And I want to ask you, what's your take on letting go? And what recommendations do you have about it? How important is it in our lives to hit the reset button on certain things? And what do you think it does in terms of, having the ability to, to be mindful and, and present. That's a, that's a really great question. And yeah, um, letting go. And I, I went through uh, is something I had to go through and I still do. And it was, I, I went through a heavy period of forgiveness. It was both forgiving others and asking forgiveness of myself. So yeah. let me, yeah, let me, there's a lot to unpack here. So first of all, when someone has hurt you, when you've abused someone, or when you when you have uh, hurt someone else, and everyone has been on either side of the equation, the important thing to realize is, if you um, uh, go through a process of letting go of the emotional charge of that and let go of the wounding, that is not necessarily saying that what someone did to you was okay. It's mm-hmm. not saying that what someone did to you was right, or that when you hurt someone else, it's not a declaration that it was okay or right. The process of letting go in the spiritual walk is getting rid of the attachment and the, and the wounding and the emotional charges associated with that so that you can move on and, and thrive in life like you're supposed to. And so that the other person can develop and grow. Because when that cord is in place between the two of you, that is preventing growth. Mm-hmm. So, it's, so I want to I want to state that up front first. It's not about saying that something an action that was done was okay. It's just part of the repair process. Um, so it, and it's like what I mentioned earlier, how a lot of people are energetically shut down because of wounding from childhood. Letting go of that wounding is part of the process of opening yourself up so that you can become sensitive to energy and That's vulnerable again and vulnerable. It, uh, being vulnerable is being open to energy, right? If you think about it this yes. way, yes, I'm yes. a single guy, and I know when I'm out there, and if I want to meet other people, I ha- even just to make friends, you got to be vulnerable to each other, right? You got to be able to let go, but be vulnerable at the same time, and be authentic within yourself and comfortable. Yeah, you yeah. allow yourself to do all that. And I feel like too many people who are cut off can't be vulnerable, and they can't let themselves go to let the other person in, so that they can start developing that connection and that bond. Yeah, yeah, interpersonal relationship. You're right on. And here's the cool part. Um, (laughs) Well, sort of cool. Some people might be like, oh, talk about illusions. Invulnerability is an illusion. So if someone's like, well, no, I I can't be vulnerable. I'm strong like wood. (laughs) No, you're not. (laughs) I mean, you, you might as well just, you might as well work toward being vulnerable because the armor you're putting up is, is a mirage. That's like someone who's a professional athlete and you see them on TV, they're running down the field, they're playing football or whatever, and then they take off the equipment and they go home and they're sitting there by themselves. They're not that person running down the field. They're a sensitive person like any of us and they have their own issues that they have to work through. I'm sure of it. You can just tell when you watch these sports and things. I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're all vulnerable. Yeah, we're all vulnerable. And it's it's a requirement for actually truly thriving in life because when you are uh, when you tr- try and put up um, armor and you're invulnerable, that requires psychic and emotional tension. So much energy spent in the yeah. wrong way. And it, yeah, it's spent it's exhausting in the wrong and way. draining. It's exhausting and draining, and it, it actually tension leaves you more fragile to be hurt. Because, and I mean, you can actually, it's really easy to test this. If you like tense yourself up, you're kind of, someone can come along and kind of nudge you. It's when you're actually relaxed and loose and able to respond quickly. Uh, and this and this comes from uh, internal martial arts. It's like th- the more relaxed you are, the more actually you're able to effectively defend yourself. So it's, it's, it's a paradox. But yeah, 
What were we, and I told we went off on a tangent. I'm sorry. I just, it was just something to bring up. I just, talking to you is fascinating for me. So I love to have the interplay because you've gone through a lot of, of, of mindfulness. This is what I sense. You, you, you're very present. You're, you're aware oh, of you. the larger universe at work beyond just what so many people in our traditional daily lives are just focused on themselves or focused on the, you see the big, I see that you're a big picture person. It's interesting that your background is the globe. Like, Oh, thank you. Yeah, I got this. It fits, it fits your image, though, for yourself and how you see your role. I feel like you have a broader image of your of your life now that you meditate regularly and that you're doing all these things. I think what you're doing is just the start of several books you're going to do. I don't think this is your first hurrah. Oh, thanks. I, well, I would I, tell you, you're going to have I'm on my second now. <laughs> I say five. I said five okay. earlier than somebody else. I see five. I see five. I think I'm pretty I'm in. Don't mind me reading. I'm just saying when I when I talk to people, I pick up stuff off their energy. So that's, oh, that's you're going to be a, a proficient author and you're going to have a lot of things that you're going to be um, like a think maker, like a thought maker kind of thing, you know, a change change maker. The, the words that I, I like to use that describe that you're, you're already doing that already. Um, I think you're going to continue to do that. And, and it's exciting. I love having this platform open to people coming on and, and I can tell where they're going. And I'm like, yeah, I could say I knew him when he was on my ship. <laughs> but hey, it's cool. It's really cool. And I appreciate that. I'm just picking it up. Off of. So I want to share that with you. When I read people, even when I'm talking to them in normal life, I'll pick something up about somebody and I'll just blurt it out because I feel like there's something that's shared for a reason. Oh, that's so, cool. That's beautiful. Yeah. What? Um. Let me ask you this. When you think about your life right now, where do you see yourself going in about 10 years and why? Um, well, it's funny of what you're picking up on because I love writing and I, I already on, I'm writing book number two. Um, you're going to do a fiction thing too. Some, some type of fiction, sorry. In the future, you're going to write something with fiction. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, when I do, I'll be like, I'll be like, Jason, what's up? Come Where on back on. You did it. Yeah. <laughs> Hold up my, will probably be a, you know. Uh, be like romance novel or something. No, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Whatever it is, I just see that. Yeah. But I, I definitely see myself doing a lot more writing and a lot more teaching of Taoism based on on what I've been studying and training right now. Um, and really living a much more um, secluded lifestyle with my wife. And but but focusing on the teaching aspect. Um, that's where you I will be teaching. You're gonna yeah. be doing courses. You're gonna have your own little um, spiritual center. Not little. Yeah. It's going to be your own spiritual zone, not Liz, but it'll be, I see it's a studio with a, with a, 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 you know, you know, you'll have yoga people and then you'll teach meditation and you'll make it work and you'll enjoy it without students. I'm glad you're seeing that because uh, you're asking me, that's, that's. I see brick and mortar. In your few, I mean, I guess if we want to fill in some air, I could read you, but no, I'm just telling you what I see. And, and it's, it's important to share that because I think the universe is validating your goals. Cool. Cool. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Let's, I, let's I, talk. I, Go ahead. I just, but, uh, sorry to interrupt. I just, I was just actually really curious. Is this an ability that have you always had the ability to read people? And are you also like an empathic person or is it just yeah. more of a psychic thing? Um, so my day job is being a lawyer, right? So I do that normally and I don't let it, I don't let my psychic stuff at all go into the day job because there's no ethics rules that talk about lawyers being psychic. So I follow the rules. Um, my night sure. job, which is doing shows or doing readings. I have two readings today. I'm doing like I'm a medium, but then I also pick up energy. I just, I simplify what I do because I think all of us are capable of it. And I believe you already experienced your own levels of intuition within yourself that you may not call it necessarily intuition, but you know things mm -hmm. and you're plugging into the bigger consciousness of the universe to help you with downloads and get, your inspirations are from, you know, special sources of spirituality because you're a mouthpiece. We're instruments. I consider mm -hmm. myself an instrument. I don't in any way say, oh, I have a gift. It, it, you know, it's an instrument. And I, and for me, it's all about healing. Like when I read for people or even offer validation, like through our interview just now, it's about healing people because that's what the universe wants. More healing, more reassurance, more clarity, all that kind of stuff. So for me, that's so why I do various levels of it. But so I get the different, you know, psychic stuff that you think about. But then I also just tell people, if you think of energy, like everything's around us, I just tune into it. I can see like, I'm partially colorblind. I wear basic colors because I don't want to, you know, conflict my colors when I'm dressed. But I describe to people, I may not be the best to see in certain colors. Like I may have tan couches behind me or beige couches and what, you know, basic colors, but I can see these deeper things within people. And it's just all about energy and the stuff that I pick up on. I feel like people are meant to be told whatever it is. It's never, it's never negative. It's never, it's a healing modality. I really consider what I do as a heal, just like a meditation 
just like uh, crystal healing. I know you're in Colorado. I'm, I'm big on crystal healing. My best friend owns a metaphysical shop here in Tampa and she broke me into it. And I went to Arizona and fell in love with amethyst. And next thing you know, I'm like all about my crystals. I have like all these different types here of fake gold. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, garnet. Like I could do show and tell. Like, I, I love crystals. So they're, they're definitely fun. But my point in sharing all this is, yeah, I've been doing this for like 15 years, but I've been more aware of it since... My grandfather died in 04, so I'm more aware of it since 2017 when I started doing it professionally. And then the podcast kind of forced me to be open about it because of, you know, the, the visibility of it. But I love it. I mean, I love the path that, I, that I've been heading on and, and what's going on. And it's, it's just been very, very great. That's, that's really cool. And and by the way, that that's super cool. Thank you for sharing. And um, Thank you. <laughs> It's it's really interesting that you mentioned the 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 partial color blindness because I've actually been seeing a lot of evidence and meeting a lot of people where their abilities that they have coincide with something where on the physical Efficient. level yeah yeah it, it's so uh, and so some people who might be uh, hard of hearing are actually they're getting auditory downloads so it's fascinating you know I find every as as we go more. As I've been doing my podcast for three years, I've, got, I've gotten to meet so many amazing different people with all different aspects of spirituality. And one of the most favorite things I like is all the things I, I learn from every episode. Talking to you today, I'm going to have a takeaway from this later, right? Tonight, I'll be sitting there watching TV cool. and I'm going to have a takeaway from our interview and I'm going to be like, wow, standing meditation. And it's just, I get these moments after my shows where I'm like, it's like the universe is putting these amazing people in front of me to showcase for my audience. And I'm like, but I'm on a journey with you. Like, Cool. I get to do the interview, but I get to learn at the same time. So a lot of times I'll have these facial expressions because I, I either tune into what you're talking about, or I just really am glad that you're sharing what you're sharing because of the profound message and impact we carry for people. When we help them and get them through the day, it could be something as simple as getting someone through a day. You know, I have a close friend who called me today and said her mom was rushed to the hospital. So I do prayer candle and I lit a candle. I wrote with a a, a you know, black marker, a Sharpie. And I wrote blessings and prayers and I lit it. And, you know, I, I, that's just my little way of using spirituality in my life to let people who I care about connect to them in a certain unique way, like a crystal, you know, the candle I do for somebody, it's a personal thing has the, you know, the dates and all that and a little lavender essential oil, but that's my way of expressing my concern for people or, or wanting to send healing energy out there. Here's an important thing I want to ask you. Yeah common theme in everything that I've experienced spiritually since 2004 is how important love is, mm -hmm. how powerful unconditional love is. I experienced it in an, a near-death experience and through some visitation dreams with my grandfather when he appeared to me in 2004 in a hotel room. I felt waves of unconditional love through those experiences. And it is powerful, all powerful. And I want to ask you, through all the, all the stuff that you're doing, your practice, as I'll call it, right? Your spiritual practice. That's what it is. Uh, what do you think about love and how powerful unconditional love can be in terms of one's journey into spirituality? Well, I'll, uh, I'll tell you a funny story. Um, when I first began, I hated myself. Um, so through my practice, what happened was I was able to repair enough of my old wounding that without really knowing what was going on, I started to experience love for myself. And the important thing about loving yourself first um, versus hating yourself is you need to do that first because it's if you don't, it's going to skew and, and pry and bend and warp. Warp is uh, the word I was looking for. It's going to warp everything else you do. It's going to warp your perception. It's going to warp your uh, beliefs and judgment. And it's going to warp your actions. So you'll self-sabotage. Um, that's how we form codependent relationships that are yes. ultimately become abusive, uh, unhealthy and abusive. But, here, uh, but here's the story. <laughs> Once I started getting over my wounding, started repairing a lot of the, the energetic like blockages within me, um, I started to develop a self-love. Because I was able to love myself, I was able to reflect that out into the world and, and feel a profound, unconditional love for other people. And I didn't know what the heck was going on. So I actually had a career... I love how I call it a career. I worked on a street corner spinning around a sign for a living. It's 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 a living man it's it's like anything like it was great you had to do it you know you yeah. did what you did oh yeah and i loved it and i've been talking about the spiritual experience because you're out there alone and i listen to audiobooks and i i my talk about my life was simplified it was simplified down to standing on a street corner it was 
It was profound. <laughs> it was profound. So, but here's what happened. I would be staying on a street corner, waving around sight, and traffic would drive by. And I, I, it was, it was a fascinating like training ground for learning to see the effects of energy and 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 one sort of like karma in life. So a car would drive by, and here's the story. So a car would drive by, and I remember like there would be a couple in the in the front seat. In the passenger seat would be a woman, probably like a woman my age, and um, I just looked at her and I felt this like profound love, and I thought to myself, "Wow, I really love you." And then I, I. I'd look and see the driver and it was her uh, uh, either husband or boyfriend like glaring at me. <laughs> and, and I thought to myself, I love you too. <laughs> and, and, and that's where I'm just like, wow, this really is unconditional. And it's just like, I, I start to actually get it and feel it. And it was, and, and I think people have like, they hear it oh, and they, what they don't realize they, they have, they might have a preconceived notion where we're walking around just like, delirious like oh you know we're all one let's all hug it out and stuff like that kumbaya yeah, the kumbaya right. moment right like everyone just locks arms and we're all yeah. like <laughs> and it's like and like that's how we walk through life at all times but it's more it's, it's like, sort of like a steady almost like a radio signal in the background of everything we do it's I, of course i would still get angry and upset and and like i'd be like oh I, i'd get irritated at this person or i'd worry about this person or feel jealous like none of that ever like stopped but what happened was everything i did was was colored by this interesting, subtle, like unconditional love for other people. And it started, it, it, it has to start with having that sense for yourself, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I so want to share this with you. I love that story, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> it makes me laugh because I was imagining you in the car or wherever you were, you in a car with them. Oh, no, no, no. I was, I was spinning a sign. I was standing oh. on that. Oh, that you were standing. Right. Yeah, 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 you, yeah. I, I know, I, so I can imagine that. that, that yeah, imagery. Yeah. It, it makes me, it makes me laugh. I also thought back to when I had my colonoscopy in 2018. That's not a normal conversation starter. I know I had a, I had an, I had attention grabber, right? There, I was, yeah. <laughs> I had an, I was under anesthesia and that's when I had this really prophetic thing with my grandfather in a garden. And when I tell people, I describe what it was like, it was like, if you could describe us looking at each other through these cameras as 1080, this was like 80,000 K. It was like, all my senses were just so awake but they weren't awkwardly uncomfortable. It was like, I was just part of this larger fabric. And I had my grandfather and my grandmother and other relatives I'd never met before. They were all just reassuring me because I'd just gone through my bout with cancer. I had surgery and my mom had privately been praying to my grandfather and God and all that to say, please don't let Jason pre, pre you know, predecease me. I, I just want to live a normal life and let me predecease him. And I hope, you know, that's what happened. And my grandfather came back to me with that message. And he said, when you come to tell your mother, when she calls you, that you just had a dream with me in the garden and let her know specifically that she's not going to die before you. I'm sorry. She's going to die before you. You're not going to die before her and she's going to live a normal life and everything's going to be fine. And so when I told her that she started crying, uh, deep tears. I never hear my mom cry. My mom's not as emotional at this stage of her life. She was crying. She's like, that's exactly the prayer I said for three months straight while you were being treated for cancer. So I knew that stuff's legit. That wasn't just the yeah. anesthesia work. And it's, it's wonders for me for the 20 minutes. I also came through that after I came out of the anesthesia, I had the nurse who was attending to me. I started picking up on her deceased ex-husband about the college graduation that they're planning for the son in June. And we were in November and she, she was, it was crazy. Anyway. My point wow. of sharing all this with you is I, I know that unconditional love is so powerful. And I know that it is something that when we tap into it more, we can really heal not only ourselves, but I think collectively a lot of, of others as well. And, you know, not to be preachy about the power of love. It sounds like a song from the eighties, but I think there's, there's certain magnitude to that. Yeah, there, you know, there really is. And the way it's like in, in Taoism, actually, what they teach is that, you know, Taoists, what we do is we bring our, our teachings and our, our training to what they call the marketplace. So what they mean by that is the marketplace thousands of years ago was where people would gather and people would interact. So the idea is when I do my training, it's so I go out in the world and when I interact with someone, even if it's hello, or even if it's a thank you, because I've worked on myself so much, the love helps the other person. So it's all about not only just being in that monastery, meditating, getting into a really Zen place, but being able to bring that around and, and maintain it 
and and be able to express it around other people and 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 that is it's it's sort of like spe speaking of 80 songs or whatever it's like riding on that signal of love <laughs> that <laughs> that could be a title for something but very true but, yeah but that's the idea because um actually a teacher of mine it's interesting he's a he's a Taoist priest and he he has a funny saying where he's just like I don't believe in wrong numbers. So when someone calls me up and it's a wrong number, I'll answer is like, oh, no, no, no. You need to talk to a priest. What's up? <laughs> That's love true. right there. It's true. Very true. I know we're running short time. If it's okay, I'd like to do that sample of your meditation experience for our audience yeah. to get introduced to it. Yeah. And uh, But before we do that, I want you to share with our audience where they can find you directly. Oh. Certainly. Um, so talk, talk about the book, The Standing Meditation. Um, that can be found at the website, thestandingmeditation.com. I spent three years working on this book. And it's like we talked about, it's just like, if you're at zero and you're just like, you're curious, you want to dive in, but it's like, where the heck do I start? This, this book takes you through my journey and what I learned and how to apply it in your own life. And that's the best way. What I love about the book is the details. You share these various details I find very, I mean, just riveting for me, reading through your stuff. And, and, and I identified a lot in, in your story and your message. And so that's why I'm so happy to be able to share, you know, this well, experience you. with our audience. Thank so you, thank, thank you for you. that. <laughs> um, yeah, if you want to lead. Okay, great. So, after, yeah, oh, thank you. So after all this conversation, talking about meditation, well, let's let's actually dive in. So here is what I learned that turned my life around. And, and it's this is being recorded. So here are the steps. And then we'll go through an actual experience together. Um, if you can stand, what you do is you stand with your feet facing forward. I might do that. Since yeah, I can. Go for it. I never do that usually. But hey, what the and I, I, I join you, but yeah, it, okay. I can't adjust my camera. But that's okay. Because uh, I can I could do my own seated version. I don't usually stand up on my podcast, so this will be new. This is cool. So yeah, you stand you. with your feet facing forward, and you position them so that they are outside the width of your shoulders. So okay. it's actually wider than most people are a used wider, to. Yeah, wider space. Yeah. Now, tuck your hips forward a little bit. The imagery I like to use is imagine you're trying to sit on a super high bar stool that you're kind of right on top of. Okay. So as you know, to sit on a bar stool, you're going to have to tuck your hips forward, and your knees will unlock slightly. Yes. Not You're not going to squat, but they will unlock slightly. That's it. Now, position your arms so that you're hugging a big old tree or you're holding <laughs> a big old baseball. Okay. Like this. That's why, you're, that, that's, why you're, you're, that's why you're doing what you did in your book on your website. I mean, that's why you're looking at a tree. I guess. Exactly. See, we I, guess, can learn I like the larger symbol. We're going to hug the tree, but we're also going to become the tree. So um, position your hands so that your palms are like facing your heart center. Okay. And it's like an open palm. Um, and it. also tuck your chin down slightly. And what you'll feel is that the back of your head rises up. And you'll notice by tucking your hips, tucking your chin, your spine lengthens. Mm -hmm. So what you're really doing is you're trying to like take your top of your spine and reach toward the heavens while tucking your hips. So your tailbone is pointing toward the earth. You're aligning so your spine. Yeah. You're hooking up heaven and earth. I see that. So, and also um, relax your chest and then let the back of your heart center flare out. So yeah, you could feel how this is all like opening wow. up your spine. That's now, awesome. It's stretching too. Now we can add in the deep breathing. So what you wanna do is focus on your belly area, like the area um, sort of like imagine within your hips and within your belly button and within your lower back all that area inside, there's like a ball. So it's kind of like, you know, the back of the ball touches your lower back. The front of the ball touches your belly button. Yeah. So in the energy center down there by like the root chakra area and also by like your-, your Exactly. Energy. For those who know, we're basically going to be working with our second chakra. That's what it is. That's what and, I feel. You know, I feel it because of the alignment. I, I mean, I make it a little more sensitive, but that yeah. chakra down there is aligning. It's like, it feels like it's, it's like rolling into the right spot. That's how I feel. <laughs> Just yeah. No, it's perfect because this, what you're doing in this stance is all your chakras. Boom, 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 boom. I've boom. never thought of this before. Yeah. When I think of the graphic of the seven chakras and, you know, there's more, of course, but yeah, this yeah. is cool. This is really cool. I, yeah. I it, you're aligning yeah. yourself. Yeah. You're aligning yourself. And of course the additional ones outside your body, those are aligning too. Wow. 
And this right now, I'll just tell you, it feels like a ball of energy in front of my chest, between my hands and my chest. It's super cool. Isn't it cool? Yeah, yeah. Powerful. So, um, so that's the physical. And during the meditation, um, I, I'm going to be talking through it, but for those who are um, just going through it, um, say the word love, 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 la, 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 la. The tongue position of the la, 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 is where to place your tongue. Okay. So that connects the energy. Uh, like when you, switch. What's up? It's like flipping the switch to the alignment, right? So yeah. you flip the switch by touching your, the roof of your mouth with your tongue. I get it. Yeah, absolutely. So every one of these steps kind of opens up the energy center because so tucking your chin opens up your the flow going up and down your head. Wow. E- everything has a purpose. I can feel and, it. I'm not just yeah. making something. It's pretty cool. And, yeah. by, and by doing all this also tucking your hips and unlocking your knees, you're connecting to the energy of the earth through your feet. Wow. We're so being, this- we're being, uh, it's like we're being transmitters, right? Or I'm trying to think the right word for that. But that's how I feel. Yeah. You know, it's like we're, we're plugging ourselves into the socket. Grounding ourselves. Yeah. Okay. So now for the breath. So the reason I asked uh, uh, or guided us to focus on that second chakra in our belly area is because that's where we're going to focus the energy of our breathing. So when we breathe in, you just imagine that energy is collecting. It could You could visualize it as bright light, or you can feel it as heat or both. And imagine that collecting into our belly as we inhale and as we exhale, uh, follow the energy as it goes back out your nose and into the environment and inhale and it breathes in and exhale and we relax and it breathes out. Now, as we're doing this, scan your body for where you feel tense. You might have some tension in your shoulders and you're relaxing that away. You might have some tension on your forehead and you relax that away. And you can use the, uh, you can imagine it as ice and the ice gets warmer and, and melts into water. And then that water gets warmer and becomes steam. And the steam rises away from you far, far away, four feet away, eight feet away, 10 feet away, and it's gone. And your tension has left with it. And whatever emotional gunk that was, buried and intertwined with that tension leaves too. I feel that right now. Yeah. Keep breathing. Yeah. Sorry. Oh no, go for it. And we keep breathing. It's, it's fun. It's amazing. And there might be tension in our hips that we can relax away tension in our shoulders that we relax away and we keep breathing and you can maintain this for as long as feels comfortable. It's really cool. And whenever you want, you feel comfortable ending the meditation, you can simply lower your arms um, and then slowly stand up and then and then sit down. I have to share this. Go for it. Isn't that cool? Right. I like it. Excellent <laughs> camera here. So a few things from this. And you probably saw me on camera. I don't know, but I felt the alignment of my chakras. Like I had, I always had to carry tension in my shoulders, right? That's common, so, especially if you work normal, at a computer. Right. Yeah or whatever and literally all that's drained out and then i also feel like my hips that i don't usually pay attention to when i was doing that in the position you're aligning all your energy centers because normally with our posture right we're all distorted in our posture and this is like forcing you not to by see meditation for me has always been a laying down exercise usually or a crouching over where you you know you sit indian style and uh, i i love my favorite place to meditate was years ago i used to go up in a park and just sit there and chill and just, you know, that's a classic meditation my way. But this was really cool. What I like about it, and I'm going to start practicing this after today, is you're aligning your body in a different way than just laying down and sometimes like fall asleep or, you know, drifting off. This is like an active engagement, but also still being mindful. And the other thing is at the end, once I was about to sit back down, I felt like how Taoism works, mm. connecting you to heaven and earth. And that, they practice this in alignment to be a part of the universe and part of their environment and whatever. And I like that. I felt that while we were doing that. That's what I got from. That's super cool. That's amazing. But thank you for sharing. It's like you were feeling how humans connect heaven and earth. Yes. I've never experienced it on that level. I've only connected laying down or I've always connected with, you know, guided meditation or, you know, people always ask me, how do you meditate so much? And I'm like, well, why won't you? 
well, I can't, I can't quiet my mind. I said, you know what? There's something called YouTube, Google, you can, or, or Apple podcasts. You can find meditation. They have an app for that now. Come on. If they have apps called calm and rain and whatever else there is that they put on TV, you know, they're spending for an advertising budget. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if, if they can do that, these people can meditate. It's an excuse to say you can't meditate. I believe anyone who needs to meditate can meditate. And I think they should. Absolutely. Hey, absolutely. It's life-changing. I, I want to thank you for coming on. I have to ask you, if you were a spirit animal, which spirit animal would you be and why? <laughs> you know, um, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. I had someone who, who said my spirit animal was a hawk and I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't actually, I, I don't actually know. Um, but if, if I were to pick one, actually here's what it is. Um, it's actually the same one as my, uh, Chinese uh, animal that was uh, based on my year of birth. And anyone can look that up. It's, it's mm-hmm. a pretty neat system, but it's an ox. And the reason I, I love the fact that I was born in the year of the ox is um, it's, its strong point is its perseverance and its ability to plod forward and carve a path for others. So I, I really resonate with that. And I'm really honored to like kind of flex that perseverance muscle and to be able to carve a path for others. So that's how I'd answer that. Absolutely. No, hundred, hundred percent. I agree. I always say owl because I'm very into looking at things from a broader perspective. I have two parrots. So I've always, I had three parrots in my life so far, but I always gravitate like towards, if you look at animals, I, I like, I like birds, I like parrots. And so owls, owls can see multiple. Yeah, all multiple around, right. Exactly. Yeah. Wisdom and, get, and quest for wisdom. I always feel like I, I just love trying to, you know, yeah, and they're auspicious. Exactly, exactly. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing this today. And uh, that that was a great, that was an amazing um, guided meditation standing up just now. I really thank you for letting me experience that firsthand because I think our audience should try it just like we could, we, you know, when, when it just pops up on YouTube, <laughs> I feel like they should watch it. It'd be like a mini exercise video. You're standing up, you're stretching, you know, but it's cool because you're touching a part of yourself that you don't normally get to because you don't align your chakras regularly by standing up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I was my honor to be here. This, this was a lot of fun. This is, I've got some cool takeaways. Uh, I, you know, I really think you're doing an amazing thing and, uh, and I, and I really loved your insights. Thank you. Man. I, <laughs> this is a good way to end my evening. You know, to be honest with you, I've, I found that podmatch.com has just been one of these places that you could be introduced to really amazing people right after the one after the other. Yeah. And I don't know how your experience has been, but I'm really impressed with it. And it's definitely something that's, it's kind of like we're, we're introducing to each other, right? But then we're doing episodes. So our audience gets the benefit from the share of our, our ideas and our, and our, our positions. And I think that that helps germinate in, in terms of a wider informed public. Yeah, it's, it's, it's win, powerful. win, win. Powerful all around. I just want to thank Nate Rifkin for coming on today and sharing his very personal experiences and how he's overcome things such as uh, suicidal thoughts or just going through setbacks on all levels of your life. Talking to Nate is refreshing to me because I like having someone come on the show that can share their authentic self and not be afraid to express what a lot of us think but never share. You know, there's so many of us who do that. You know, we, we kind of put that armor on really heavy, some of us more than others. And when you venture out in public, you really don't let your armor down. So it makes it very difficult for us to connect. And we're social beings. You could be an introvert, but you can still have your armor down more and allow yourself to really live more. And I think that's what Taoism is showing me is that it's one of those things that you can look at as a healing modality to give you the opportunity to cope. And for anyone who struggles with any type of suicidal thoughts, I will tell you, get help. There's help out there. And not to take such a serious tone, but look, we've gone through a lot but we're going to get out of this now. We're getting out of it and things are going to be amazing. And so check out Nate's book, The Standing Meditation, and and look at the different modalities that can work for you. Anything that can help you with your spiritual practice, as I call it, try it. You might find certain things work better than others. Crystals work well for me. If they don't work well for you, well, Nate's got some suggestions. So check out his website, www.thestandingmeditation.com. You can also check out his articles, www.natrifkin.com. I can guarantee you that Nate will be back on the show in the future to debut more of his books. And I am excited about having him on again because this conversation today was amazing. Until next time, stay positive because when you're positive- Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. 
If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast Networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric Electric acid.